Hello, and welcome back to Out of Your Shell Podcast. I'm Brent Walsh, and I'm so glad you could join us again for this episode. The thing that's on my mind today is the words that we use. I'm guessing you can probably think back all the way to your childhood, to a conversation that either you were participating in or you were overhearing. And words were spoken that you'll never forget for the rest of your life. Words are powerful things. One of the things that I love about Desiree, my partner, is the words that she uses when she talks to me and about me. I remember when we first started dating, I was sitting at the kitchen table. She walked into the room and I looked up at her and she just stopped in her tracks and she just stared at me for a moment and she said you have got a good face now here's the thing about that statement I personally believe that everyone has a good face no matter what it looks like what shape it is what size it is how old you are everyone has a good face but that was beside the point because at that moment I was receiving words from someone whose opinion meant so much to me. I really wanted her to think that I had a good face. So when she said it in that moment, it filled up my spirit in a way that I didn't even realize was possible. What I've come to learn about her praise is it doesn't matter who's around when she offers it. It could be just the two of us in a room We could be sitting around a table, and the whole family could be there. We could be in church or at the supermarket. It just doesn't matter. She says things to me like, Where did you get those dimples? Or, I just can't get enough of your eyes. And I love it when she says something like that in private. But when she says something like that in public, with other ears around to hear how much she enjoys something about me, it's probably about 10 times more delightful because it turns into public praise. And those are moments that I'll never forget because they mean so much to me. But I've also known the opposite. I've had relationships where a partner might criticize me or express dissatisfaction with me, or make disparaging comments of some sort. And it's bad enough when it's done in private. But when it's done in public, it's devastating. Sometimes making someone feel small is about control or power. Doing it because you can. Sometimes it's about one's own lack of self-confidence and if they can bring someone lower than they feel then they might not feel so low sometimes it's a form of humor they'll say something like you are such an idiot or in some other way label your behavior or your looks or something that's happened to you they'll label it as stupid or idiotic or dumb When it's done in humor, there's usually no ill intent. Some people will say, you know, they're used to it. They know I'm kidding. 
but the problem that I have with that kind of language is it's like a corrosive acid. Maybe it doesn't destroy a person right away, but if it happens often enough, it starts to eat away at a person's self-confidence, their self-image. Maybe they start to believe that they really are kind of stupid. Or maybe they start to develop perfectionistic tendencies because they don't want anybody to think they're incompetent or stupid. Public criticism can be really devastating. I've experienced it and I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. As Maya Angelou once said, people may not remember the words you say, but they will remember how you made them feel. And I used to think it was primarily damaging to children to be spoken to or about in that way. But I have since come to realize that we all want to be praised. We all want to feel smart or pretty or talented, special. And when words eat away at our perception of ourselves, it does a lot of damage and it takes a lot to get over if indeed you can get over it. I think the same can be said about sarcasm, cynicism, constant negative energy. Perhaps the person who's talking that way doesn't mean any harm. Maybe they do, but maybe they don't. Nevertheless, it is an undercurrent of negative toxicity that just starts to eat away at someone's personhood. And it doesn't matter how old you are, it still hurts. I think another damaging statement that I've heard people use is, you are always in my way. Every time I turn around, there you are, and I'm bumping into you, or you're tripping me. Why don't you go and play? Why don't you go into the other room? Why don't you go watch TV? Get out of the kitchen. Get out of my hair. The kind of perception that a person can develop about themselves as a result of being told that they're always in the way is corrosive. And it stays with us all the way into adulthood. And we start apologizing for every little thing because we're assuming that we're just in the way or we're bothering someone too much. We feel timid about the space that we take up in the world. We feel apologetic for asserting ourselves too much. There's a hundred ways that this kind of corrosion can manifest, but the bottom line is it's preventable. It's preventable by the people who choose their words. And I don't accept the excuse that I've always talked this way, or I get this from my parents, or everyone in my hometown talks this way. I don't think that's a good excuse. If we somehow learn to talk that way, we can somehow learn not to talk that way. in an effort to avoid this kind of emotional damage. 
My mother used to use different words. I remember being in the kitchen with her and she would bump into me and she'd say, oh, you are right where I need to be. And then she just moved me over and got in the cupboard that I was standing in front of. But never once did she say that I was the problem. She said that where I was standing was the problem. That made a huge difference. It seems like a small technicality, but it is huge, especially to me, because my mother's opinion of me mattered to me so much. I wanted her to enjoy being with me. So if she would have told me that I was in her way, I'm sure that would have seeped into my emotional framework and done a lot of damage. My mother was my, my first exposure to public praise and the effects that I felt from that. It didn't matter who was standing around. When I accomplished a goal or when I scored a point or when I got the answer right to some difficult question, she would just gush with enthusiasm and she would say, you are so smart or wow, you have really come a long way. I just, just so proud of you. You're so talented or you look stunning in that color. That kind of input into the foundations of my self-image was critical to my emotional development. And the thing about that is it's not just about the way I felt in the moment when she was bragging about me. It stayed with me and it served as an antidote to the toxic environment that I encountered out in the world when I wasn't around her. It stayed with me. It bolstered me when I started wondering whether I was worth the time or the effort, whether I deserved the space that I was taking up. So when I met Desiree and I started experiencing her version of bragging about the way I look or the thoughts that I come up with or the way I solve problems or the accomplishments that I achieve. It takes me back to a time in my life when I experienced that same kind of affirmation from my mother. And it doesn't matter how old I get, it never gets old. Now, I realize that a lot of people aren't used to offering praise, whether in public or private. And some of you might say, you know, that's just not me. I'm not going to go around trying to be someone I'm not. But the good thing about offering praise is that it, it doesn't have to be about who you are. It's, it can be a learned practice. You can teach yourself how to do it. If you want to do a little experiment, walk up to someone, whether they're family or you just know them from church or know them from school or know them from work, walk up to someone and say, you know what I like about you? And as soon as you get those words out of your mouth, watch their face. I can almost guarantee you that they'll be smiling, they'll open their eyes a little wider, 
or they'll stop what they're doing and turn towards you. It gets people's attention. What, what is it that you like about me? Suddenly there's nothing else happening in the room that is as important as hearing what it is you like about them. And as long as the thing is sincere, it doesn't really matter what it is. You could be complimenting them on the way that they carry themselves, the style in which they dress themselves, or the way they talk, or the way they laugh, the way they make decisions quickly, or the way that they take their time and contemplate all of the options before making a decision. It really doesn't matter what it is. If it's preceded by, you know what I like about you, then whatever follows will be meaningful for them. It'll probably make their day. They'll probably go home and tell their spouse or their mom or their kids or their dog. You know what happened to me today? Someone came up to me and said, do you know what I like about you? And they'll tell them all about it. Another thing that I've learned from Desiree is the art of acknowledgement. There's sometimes when she and I will be arguing about something and I'll be convinced that I'm right and she'll be convinced that she's right. We'll be in the heat of an argument and I'll make a statement of some sort. And one thing she's been known to do is to use that moment to affirm something I just said. She'll say, well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge the fact that that sounded really vulnerable and I appreciate you sharing that with me. That took a lot of courage. You know what that does for me? It completely disarms me. Suddenly all the things that I wanted to say after she got done talking didn't matter anymore because I feel seen. I feel compassion instead of daggers. I feel acknowledged for having spoken my truth, even when it was hard. That's another experiment you can try. Next time you're in a heated argument with someone and you think there is just no way to get past this brick wall, take a moment, take a breath and say, well, first of all, I just want to acknowledge you for the fact that you fill in the blank. See what happens. You might be surprised. That might be the thing that tears the brick wall down and suddenly you'll find some common ground. I think another area that words can be so impactful is social media. It is no secret that people are emboldened by social media to say things they would never say to someone in person, face to face. Somehow when there's a distance between their target and themselves, they see it as an invitation to say whatever they want to say because they don't have to see the effects that it has on that other person. They can close their laptop and be on their way, never knowing what those words did to another person. But you know what? It also works in reverse. When you say affirming words, when you leave a positive review about someone or something, 
when you say something nice about someone's work, someone's art, someone's signature dish, when you take the time to compliment someone instead of criticizing, it's amazing. You may never know the impact that your words have on that person. You can just close your computer and go about your day, never realizing that you just empowered someone to keep going. Words are powerful things. And most of us have no idea the effect they have on other people. They can either work like acid, resulting in corrosion or rust, or they can work like fertilizer, resulting in growth, empowerment, stronger self-esteem. So that's my challenge for you today. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Out of Your Shell podcast. I hope you use every opportunity that you have to build someone up with your words. Because you may just say something that someone will never forget. Listen, if you want to get in touch with me, feel free to write me an email at brentwalsh at outofyourshell.coach. I hope you'll subscribe so that next time I have some thoughts to share, they'll find their way to you through a notification about a new episode. Until then, stay safe out there. Keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down, and I'll catch you on the flip side.